my friends, and welcome to another episode of the J.D. Rucker Show. I'm your host, J.D. Rucker, and today we're going to be talking about patriotism, bold patriotism, bold conservatism. Right now, our nation is in desperate trouble. We're faced with so many challenges. I've talked about it throughout my show in recent weeks, recent months. Gosh, I guess it you could say it's been years that I have pushed against the establishment pushed against the uniparty swamp and it's not just the democrats obviously when i'm talking about the uniparty swamp i am referring as well to the the rhinos that populate the republican party within especially congress as well as state legislatures state governors there are just a handful really a, a very small handful of true constitutional conservatives true patriots people that are willing to do what's necessary to fix this nation from a political perspective, I'm also going to be talking about the desperate need that we have as a nation to to embrace our faith. And when I say our faith, I know there are many of you out there who are atheists, who are Jews, Muslims, Hindus. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and there is, I mean, we we as a nation believe in religious freedom, and that religious freedom means that you are, I'm not going to condemn you for any any reason based upon your faith. What I will say is this, that as a Bible-believing Christian, if I do, as I say, believe in the Bible, then it is my it is my mission, one of my goals in life, to make sure that as many people as possible come to read their Bible, come to embrace it, come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This isn't about being polite. This is about me saying, my gosh, you know, those of you who don't, you're going to to regret it for eternity, and I don't want to see that. So, you know, don't take it the wrong way, and don't don't think that I'm being too whatever. I don't even know what you'd want to call it when I say that you do need to to uh, strongly consider reading the Bible, the whole Bible, Old and New Testament. You do need to make that a priority. And if you are a Bible believing Christian, but maybe you feel, or maybe you don't even realize it, but you've gone lukewarm and in recent months, years, as uh, as we've seen so much based upon maybe it's your church, maybe it's a personal experiences, for whatever reason, it's time to reinvigorate that. We are at a very desperate moment in American history, and that desperate moment means that time is short. Now, I'm not saying that we're all going to die in, in a week, a month, a year, a decade. I'm not saying that any of us will not die in a day, a week, a month, a year, or a decade. All I'm saying is this, is that it is a top priority, and even if you take away the eternal aspects of the faith, we as a nation desperately need to embrace our Judeo-Christian heritage. Again, not from a, a faith perspective, but from a cultural perspective, from a political perspective. Okay, so at the very least, even if you don't embrace the Bible within your faith, at the very least acknowledge and accept that if you are a patriot, if you are a conservative, that it is those Judeo-Christian values that have made this nation strong throughout the decades, for over two centuries now. We need to get back to that, because it is, again, whether you're a Bible-believing Christian or not, it is that Judeo-Christian foundation that has, in the past at least, prevented us from falling to the evils of Marxism, from falling to the evils of of depravity. But it seems as if, especially in recent years, recent decades, that depravity is winning. Our nation is becoming more depraved. We can 
if we are smart, which we're not, <laughs> but if we if we could embrace some remnant of intelligence, we would look at faith as a pathway through which we can fight, for example, rampant wokeism, groomers, all the various evils that are taking our nation down from a cultural Marxist perspective. Today's show, we're going to be talking about this boldness from a, both a patriotic perspective as well as a faith-based perspective. And I picked the subject because of the guest that I'm going to be bringing on is a man who who has proven himself, at least to me, that he does embrace boldness when it comes to both conservatism and his expression of his faith. His name is Bryson Gray. He's a rapper, somebody that, you know, when when I first heard about him, I thought, oh, you know, this guy's not going to be that big of a deal. He's, he came out with uh, Let's Go Brandon's song and it shot to number one. I thought, oh, okay, so he's just riding a wave. And then I started listening to it and I realized Number one, he really is talented. He's not just, he wasn't writing a wave. The, the guy can rap, okay? He is a true, I would say, musical genius in that regard. Extraordinarily talented. Then I started following him a little bit more, seeing what he was doing, and following him on Twitter, not following him in real life. I'm not a stalker, but, but following him on social media and realizing this guy knows what he's talking about as well. This goes beyond just some standard entertainer that doesn't know anything and just spews whatever aligns with their political ideology. He expresses his ideology in a way that is, again, I keep coming back to it, but it's very, very bold. So we will have him coming on. And I think today's show will be, it will progress as far as the, I don't know, interest level. But we have to start, for better or for worse, we have to start with a little bit more of a dry subject. Because when we're talking about bold conservatism, one important aspect of that is bold fiscal conservatism, which has been so desperately lacking in the United States for years. And we can argue, by the way, we can make a very clear argument that even during the Trump years, I'm not complaining about the economy during the Trump years, because those obviously, they were fantastic from an economic perspective. But we did not take advantage of our of our wonderful economic fortunes during that four-year period. We did not take it in technically three-year period, because then COVID and lockdowns sort of sort of took it to the tank, but for at least approximately two and a half, three years, we did have a strong economy. And during that time, we did not take advantage of it the way that we should have. We should have been using that time, that money, that extra that extra fiscal oomph to, for example, uh, pay down the debt, to cut expenses, to make sure that we could start reversing all of the damage that's been done over the past several decades. Instead, we just rode the wave, assuming that the wave would continue indefinitely. And obviously, as we've learned the last two years, it did not continue indefinitely. Will we get back there? We'll see. We've got some a little bit of time, not much. We've got a little bit of time to correct the ship. And one way to do that is to, once again, for the first time in a long time, embrace true fiscal conservatism. And we have an opportunity for the first time in the last two years to actually do that, thanks in part to the weak, but you know, we, the weak midterm elections, at least we did get Republicans got control of the House. Now, what will they do with it? I'm not hopeful, but um, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show today is to hopefully encourage some, some in Congress. Maybe, maybe uh, you have access to a senator, a congressman or two that you can reach out and help to make demands of them. Demand that we use the debt ceiling the way that it should be used, which is as a ceiling. You know, when you set a ceiling, the idea is that you're not supposed to be able to cross that. And yet we always do. Maybe it's time to stop. There's an article over at uh, 
the uh, the Daily Signal by Tyler O'Neill titled "Most Americans Oppose Raising Debt Ceiling Without Spending Cuts." A poll finds. Now, keep in mind, when it comes to the debt ceiling, I would say that the vast majority of Americans don't fully grasp it. Okay, now you guys do. Obviously, you, if you're watching this, I've said it many times. My audience is the most intelligent audience on Rumble, Brighty on Bitshoot. Now we're on YouTube. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Apple Podcasts, America Out Loud Talk Radio, all the various places where we put the show, you guys are absolutely brilliant. I know this for a fact because I, I read the comments. I read your emails. If you want to reach out to me, you can go to jdrucker.com slash talk, and that will come to me. So this article uh, talks about the the uh, raising the debt ceiling and how most Americans want spending cuts. Now, that's easy to understand on the surface it's a little bit tougher to understand when we really get into it and that's the part where again i think we lose most americans but let's start with the article first uh most americans oppose raising the federal debt ceiling without accompanying cuts to federal spending a new rmg research poll finds 61 percent, and that's very impressive i i will admit that's i'm glad that the number is that high 61% of 1,000 registered voters in the survey said Congress should either raise the debt limit with spending cuts or refuse to raise the, de- the debt ceiling at all. Um, only about a quarter said Congress should raise the debt ce- the ceiling without accompanying spending cuts. The remaining 15% said they were not sure. And I would say whenever there's that high of a percentage that's not sure, the reality is there's a lot more than 15% that we're actually not sure they they don't again they don't quite get it the debt ceiling for those who just in case you're one of the few in my audience and one of the majority of americans who doesn't quite understand the debt ceiling basically says how much can we borrow as a nation how much further can we go into debt before we have to to say okay you know we can't go any further right it's kind of like a credit card limit in many ways you know you you've got a credit card limit of ten thousand dollars you spent you know, nine hundred nine nine thousand nine hundred and forty dollars. If you want to buy a hundred dollar item, then you either have to pay some of that down first, or you just can't. Or you know, or the uh, option three, which is is raising your your uh, credit limit, or in this case, the the debt ceiling. That's what the U.S. government wants to do. That's what Democrats are pushing for. That's what Mitch McConnell's pushing for. That's what Joe Biden's pushing for. And I'm hopeful, very hopeful, that. Yeah, this will be the first real test of Kevin McCarthy's clout, Kevin McCarthy's ability to rally the troops and be able to get some real changes done. I'm not just talking about token changes. I'm talking about real changes. We need to cut dramatically. Okay. If you really wanted to to you know get an idea of how much we need to cut, take pretty much every budget out there and a good start, just a start would be to cut everything across the board by 20%. And people will say, oh, well, what about military? Yes, unfortunately, we are in a position, and I hate this. I hate the fact that we've been put into a position where even something as important as military spending, defense spending, needs to be cut. Maybe we can cut it by less than 20%, but there's waste rampant, and this is where we need intelligent people. I'm not talking about congressmen or senators. I'm talking about actual intelligent people to come in, take a look at this, and figure out how, how much are we overspending on everything. And then cut it. Okay, there is so much waste. It is, it's sinful. It's disgusting how much our own government wastes of our money. This is money that they take from us. They take your money. They take my money, and they waste it on the stupidest things. I could, I could do an entire. I could do five shows probably, and just list off 
every single stupid, idiotic, you know, some some congressman's cousin has a startup and they want to get they wanted to get funding so they could test test monkeys for for you know whether or not they prefer regular chocolate or dark chocolate or something. I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's not an actual thing, but it wouldn't shock me if it were. You you couldn't make up some of the stuff that our government funds with your money, with my money. So you can't tell me that we can't figure out a way to cut spending by 20%. And again, that's just a start. Now, here's the thing. You don't hear anybody in D.C. talking about that. Why? Because if you start talking about that, if you start talking about cuts, you're basically saying, hey, I have no intention of running for re-election because they will use it against you. As a nation, we are so ignorant. And really, is it's not just the politicians. Here's If you really want to break it down, it comes down to the people. The people have... We, we are so ignorant about how things work and about how, how D.C. works and how our tax monies are, is spent. We're so ignorant about it that because it's just so, they're so big, it's beyond any single person's ability to comprehend it all. As a result, we're kind of like, okay, well, yeah, you know, I guess we should probably cut stuff. The waste, it's like, it, I can't even think of a proper analogy. That's how bad it is. And this is why um, I'm happy that a lot of people are at least seeing the broad strokes here. But we need something firm. We need Kevin McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus to make sure that the, the Democrats can't get enough Republicans on board with the, you know, hey, let's just raise the debt ceiling. We got to do it. We, we can't default. You know, there's all sorts of arguments you could make. We can't default on our loans. We can't, we can't risk especially in this bad economy you're hearing the fed saying oh it's definitely you cannot default at this point it's going to going to destroy us and you know what it might it really might do you know about american furniture warehouse well there are locations here in houston and it's pretty exciting because you can get well-made furniture available immediately hundreds of dollars less than online retailers american furniture warehouse has made the dream of luxury for less a reality. Three Houston area stores and always thousands of in-stock items. You can find an American Furniture Warehouse showroom or you can shop now at AFW.com. Have you shopped at an American Furniture Warehouse yet? This may be the most exciting thing I've discovered in a long time. It's possible to get well-made furniture that's available immediately and cost hundreds less than online retailers. Sounds too good to be true, but American Furniture Warehouse has made the dream of luxury for less a reality. They have three Houston-area stores, thousands of in-stock items. Find an American Furniture Warehouse showroom or shop now at AFW.com. But there has to be an opportunity, or we have to take advantage of the opportunity to trade it off. And by trading it off, that means eliminate as much spending, as much waste as possible. And this should have been, somebody should have been working on this years ago. And they'll say, oh, we don't have enough time. We got to get it raised now. This is how Congress is. It's like, wait, 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 do nothing, do nothing, do nothing, do nothing. All right, hurry up. We got to get it done now. Ah! You know? We got, we're going to sit back and slowly put together a 14,000 page thing. And, and, oh, okay, we got it. We got it. We finally got it done. All right. You've got eight minutes to read it. We're voting, they're gathering now to vote. It's the stupidest thing. We're, we're governing by ignorance. And by we, I'm talking about those who we have elected. 
they're governing in ignorance and through ignorance and by ignorance. Let's get back to the article real quick. I'm already running out of time this segment. Uh, his, uh, RMG research asked voters the debt ceiling places a limit on how much fe- money the federal government can borrow to pay its bills. If the debt ceiling is not raised in the near future, the government will not be able to, will be unable to pay all of its legal obligations after the middle of this year. How much should Congress address the problem? The poll offered respondents four options. Option number one, raise the debt ceiling, but only with spending cuts. That's to me, unfortunately, the second best option. I wish that that were the best option. I wish that we could say we can get massive spending cuts. I wish we could say, you know what? The Environmental Protection Agency, just kill it. We don't need it, okay? We just don't need it. Department of Education, gone. Let the states handle it. That's how it should have always been, okay? You know, people people often talk about what is, uh, you know, what is the, the worst things that and Richard Nixon did, and people say Watergate. Speaking of which, watch Tucker Carlson's clip from last week about about Watergate and how it's, Biden is getting Watergate. It was a great, great segment of his show. Um, you know, people say Watergate. What's the worst thing that Jimmy Carter did? Oh, you know, the Iran debacle or whatever. The worst thing that they did is uh, the creation of the EPA under under Nixon and the creation of the Department of Education under Carter. You take those. I mean, if those two things had never been done, our nation would be. Very, very different, and I would argue be exponentially better than the way things are now. But I digress. So that's option one, which is, again, the second best option. Option two is to raise the debt ceiling with no spending cuts. That should be a non-starter, okay? We as conservatives and patriots should say that's absolutely cannot be done, and hopefully that's what McCarthy will do. We'll say we cannot do that. Number three is to refuse to raise the debt ceiling. Yes. Why don't we do that? Will it hurt? Sure. Maybe we need to experience a little bit more pain in order to come to the realization we're creating a disaster, an irrecoverable disaster in the near future. Oh, I want to talk more about this, but you probably guys probably it's already too dry. Let's uh, let's just go. <laughs> I've got I've got Bryson Gray holding, so let's just go to him. He's more entertaining than I am. Stand by. My good friend, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, he left us way too early. So sad that he is gone, uh, but his legacy does continue. We do still support his foundation. We still support his company that is still benefiting the the masses across the world. Those who have either been jabbed or maybe you've been been, um, exposed to those who may be shedding on you. That's uh, becoming more and more likely as being the case. More times you're jabbed, the worse off you are, and the more you're likely to shed on others. Now, even if you've never been jabbed, you're not around other people very often, you should still consider getting Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol, either one. Both of them will help your immune system. It's been demonstrated by scientists, demonstrated by doctors, including Dr. Zev Zelenko. So go to ZStackLife.com slash freedom. That's ZStackLife.com slash freedom and get Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol today. You know, the last time I had our next guest on, it was basically, it was the first I'd ever heard of him. I started uh, listening to some of his music. He was just a breath of fresh air because he's he's a rapper. He's a conservative rapper. He's a conservative 
Christian rapper, which are things that I'd never heard of before. And you know, I thought, oh, okay, so I'll get him on, and then I'll check out his music, and it's probably going to be some something clunky. And then it's like, holy crap, the dude's got talent. This is amazing. And I started listening to his stuff. It was great. And so I've been following him for a while. Now I am super excited to have him on again for, I believe, the second time. This might actually be the third time, but I know it's at least the second time. We are very blessed, pleased, and honored to have Bryson Gray join us today. Bryson, how are you doing, sir? I am doing amazing, as I do every single day. Um, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I told you this, and I, I told you it's not blowing smoke, so I'm going to say this for the audience just so that you know that I'm not blowing smoke when I say this. It's hard for me to find people that I'm ideologically aligned with, okay, because my perspectives on my Christian faith, my perspectives on on you know, the the vaccines, my perspectives on conservative politics in, here in America are oftentimes hard to align with people because sometimes they're, I wouldn't say radical, they're just, I, I think they're normal, but other people are like, oh, whoa, 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 what do you mean you're you're against this? Or whoa, 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 what are you saying about those people? Aren't you, aren't you concerned? It's like, well, no, I mean, uh, just because they're on the right side or conservatives doesn't necessarily mean that they're above reproach that i can't grip on them if they do wrong i see you doing the same thing and like i've said before there are a few people maybe i can't think of anybody off the top of my head who i align with ideologically as much as you sir so there we said it in public that way you know it's not just something i say to all my guests (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so much for that that's but it's the same with me man it's really hard to find people that you agree with a lot because of course and nobody's gonna agree with everybody on anybody on everything, but just for the most part, and it's because it's not that we're too radical, that I'm too radical. I think it's because we sort of stayed in our position because of our faith and everybody else is going along with the rest of the, the rest of society. Uh they're 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 doing it slowly, uh like a lot of people on the right, or they're doing it fairly quickly, like people on the left, and it sort of pissed people like me and you in a weird, weird position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's start with your, well, let's start with music. So, you know, for those who don't know, um, Bryson kind of shot up in the, in the fame category because he, he had a, a song, um, let's go Brandon. It was just, it was funny. It was amazing. It was truthful. And there was actually a few different songs that tried to capitalize on that. His is the one that shot to number one. His is the one that everybody was listening to because it was the best one. And then since then, you know, this wasn't like a one hit deal. He has, collaborated with other other conservatives not just rappers he's collaborated with country music he's collaborated with with some other types of music people out there who are also ideologically aligned fighting groomers fighting fighting pro-vaxxers fighting left fighting fake conservatives fighting rhinos um your recent kevin mccarthy one cracked me up uh and so you, you were making about a song a week you know trying to release one song a week what are your plans what's coming up now for uh Bryson Gray music in 2023. Um so a lot of times when I try things <clears throat> like the song once a week is to see if you can break through because don't get me wrong it's fun uh being popular amongst conservatives and things of that nature but to change culture you sort of have to transcend um and I believe that you can transcend as a music artist without changing your values. So I'm trying to find more ways to prove that point and you know the song a week thing did good. I had, I have, I think I had like four number ones uh, last year. Um, I mean, so you know, you it, so the song we think is cool, but uh, 
this I'm just trying a different approach and I'm trying to be more independent, especially after the um the Stephen Crowder Daily Wire situation is and I've been talking to people like Tyson James and we're we're trying to figure out ways so we can be like not not relying on these these platforms at all. So uh I've been trying to focus on that. So you know, I am working on the song. I finished a song, I'm just working, missing a few pieces in the video. A song called So Offensive. Uh because I wanted to start off the year, my first song of the year. I wanted to start off with a with a bang. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk. You brought it up. Let's talk about this whole Daily Wire, Stephen Crowder thing. For those who don't know, Stephen Crowder comes out. You know, he he left the blaze kind of in a huff. And then he came out and uh, he got a lot of offers. Then he comes out with a video that says, hey, you know, just so you guys know, there's, there's this big con that's happening in conservative media. And he showed he showed redacted portions of this this contract that he was offered and said, oh, you know, if you lose your YouTube channel, you, you lose 10% of your revenue, yada, yada, yada. People speculate. I remember my wife showed it to me. I'm like, oh, that's got to be, you know, I've, I've interviewed uh, Jeremy Boring on this show before. I said, that looks like like Daily Wire. That looks like, you know, because they're a business before they're anything else over the Daily Wire. And uh, I said, that looks a lot like their stuff. So I haven't chimed in and I, I'll explain why later. Um, because I will chime in eventually. But you go ahead. You know, nobody you be the first person on the JD Rucker show to chime in on on Crowder versus Daily Wire. So I I, I feel like my uh my point of view is sort of unique as in it's sort of unpopular because it seems like a lot of people are like taking the side of you know fully the side of Daily Wire in this scenario. Uh or you have a minority of people that's fully taking the side of Stephen Crowder. And I think it's more nuanced than that, and I think you just said it, right? Both sides have both sides have a logical a logical way of viewing it. So neither side is necessarily wrong, but in my opinion, only one side is morally correct. And what I mean by that is you just said it. Daily Wire is business before anything else. Because that contract, I would never sign nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But if people are familiar with contracts, that is not a, a out of the normal contract. That is a, you know standard you know sort of a standard contract they own you and in return you get some money and that's typically how contracts go uh but i think steven crowder's point and a lot of people are attacking steven crowder's personality i don't know him i don't know his personality he could he could very well be a scumbag he could literally uh be the worst person ever i don't know i focus on what he said and is he correct uh he was correct in a sense in saying if if this is the type of contracts you're giving people, then you are sort of an arm for big tech. I mean, both both statements are true. The the contract is not super out of the normal, ex- except for the part where they say like, like even after recouping, it seems like the people they don't get any percentage of the documentaries, which is that is <laughs> like that is kind of crazy. Uh, but because even in music, you know, you start making money, but you, they have to recoup their portion first, uh, and they only recoup on your percentage. But at least you get a percentage, and if it does very well, you recoup and start making money. So if they don't have that, that's crazy. But um, I feel like they're both, they both have logical point of views, but I feel like Stephen Crowder's position is morally right. Not saying he as a person is morally right. I'm saying what he stated is morally right because you can't claim – you can't say it's just business and say you're trying to be, be a parallel economy or say you're trying to uh, fight against big tech. Because when you fight against big tech, we have to make sacrifices. We have to do things that's outside of the norm – uh, to get the point across to stand for something. So you, you can't say it's just business and claim to be something else. So that's that's my point of view. I mean, like I said, I, I don't have to prompt. Here's the beautiful thing about when I interview you is that I don't have to prompt you. You know, I know that 
that whatever I ask you, you're going to come up with something or you're going to say something that's going to be about 95%. I would say majority of like mainstream conservatives, okay, your average Fox News viewer, I align with them probably at about 60%, okay? And then you've got like the, the super radical far right, you know, start getting into really crazy stuff, right? And I would say I'm at about 70%. You've got those people that where I consider myself, which is, which is pretty darn far right, okay, kind of an ideological purist in a lot of ways, but not so much to where I'm, I you know, I'm not going to go out and wear a shirt, for example, with a, I won't wear a shirt that's got a picture of, uh, you know, some naked woman, uh, you know, stabbing herself with a crucifix and say, oh, this is free speech, you know, I mean, I I will do like you do, I love, I love your shirts, you go there, and like your hat, for those who are listening on audio, his hat says, make abortions illegal again. I love that. That's totally what I would t- would do. So, <laughs> you <laughs> know, um, I can be a, a free speech purist, for example, without saying, oh, you should be able to, you, you know, you should be able to, to take your picture of your ex-girlfriend, the naked one, and and tell people what her address is online and, and tell them where she keeps her spare key and, and what time she's asleep and where she keeps her gun, you know, and it's never loaded or so, you know, I, okay. You get the idea. Okay. I'm, I'm going way off on a, on a, <laughs> a tangent on that one. Um, so let's get off the tangent because that sounded idiotic. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about your experiences lately. I know that you've been going out there and doing stuff. Uh, well, you always have been, but for example, you went out to mall of America where guy gets booted for having a faith-based shirt. Tell us that story. Do you know about American Furniture Warehouse? Well, there are locations here in Houston, and it's pretty exciting because you can get well-made furniture available immediately, hundreds of dollars less than online retailers. American Furniture Warehouse has made the dream of luxury for less a reality. Three Houston area stores and always thousands of in-stock items. You can find an American Furniture Warehouse showroom or you can shop now at AFW.com. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. Yeah, so um, you know, uh, I, I saw this video of this guy who we thought got kicked out of the mall. Come to find out, he didn't get kicked out. They tried to kick him out, but the management ended up allowing him to stay with the shirt on. Uh, but the fact that he even went through that experience is crazy for a Jesus shirt. So, you know, I'm literally on the job of a dime. I said, I said, if if they're kicking out for that, because that was the most that was the least controversial shirt I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, I said, what if I go in there with a Make America Straight Again shirt? Um, uh, that would be more controversial. Let's see if anybody does something with that. And um, so I, I, I told everybody else that 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 was staying with me. Currently, I said tomorrow I'm going to Minnesota, and everybody looked and said, "Are you crazy? Why are you going to Minnesota?" And I said to wear a hoodie to the Mall of America, and everybody looked at me like I was a psychopath. Right? I mean, I understand this sounds very crazy, 
Uh, but uh, when I see stuff like this, we have to actually stand up for free speech. It's cool to be on the internet. It's cool to defend people on the internet. That is fine. That is perfect. But when are we going to stand up and take the risk in real life? I'm sorry. I, I, we packed up, got in the car, and I drove 13 hours to Mall of America, nonstop. Um, I stayed at the hotel connected to it so I can like go anytime I wanted to. And I was there probably for like 12 hours out of that, <laughs> out of that day. And I mean, I had a lot of crazy experiences. No security messed with me. Uh, I was in the store called Aritzia. They tried to kick me out because I was with my fiance and they were shopping in there. Uh, and they tried to kick me out. Um, but it was funny and funny enough. And all the employees looked gay or looked like gay allies to be fair. And, um, they all stared. They all started talking. And then, uh, uh, one of the people that was with me, the, the, the worker walked past her and basically told the, the manager, like, look at this guy's shirt. We cannot have him in here. And the guy was gay. And the guy actually responded and said, girl, people are dying out here. I'm not worried about no hoodie. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and you know, as homophobic as I am, I can respect that. Because here's the thing. Why would you let how, Why would you let somebody control you with a hoodie? If I can control you without even talking, goodness gracious, you need to focus on yourself. Uh, and then you had a few people that said something to me. Uh, what I will say in Minnesota, I go to airports and this stuff all the time. What I will say is that the Mall of America, I got the most negative looks. Like the ratio was crazy. Usually it's like a 50-50 ratio in airports. I'm not going to lie. Minnesota, I think two out of like 300 people like enjoyed my hoodie. Like it was, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But, um, you know, it was still fun though. Then I drove back and went to the March for Life uh, to stand up for the unborn. And, and now I'm back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your website, people go to brysoncreates2.com, B-R-Y-S-O-N, creates the number two. So B-R-Y-S-O-N-C-R-E-A-T-E-S, the number two, dot com. People can go there. They can get your music. They can get apparel. They can get, I hopeful, and, and I haven't checked the apparel, but hopefully I can get some of the controversial stuff that you're you're able to wear or you wear um, and get that. Speaking of controversy, you... You know, you are like me. It doesn't matter. Left, right. If something's wrong, they're wrong. Okay? I mean, I I took some crap this morning, big time. Um, and apologies for, for telling my story real quick. But but I posted a story that talked about um, Diamond and Silk. And I, I you know, uh, have a source who said that, that basically Silk couldn't say anything about, you know, specifically about the vaccines because Trump was there. Okay? And so she kind of insinuated about the vaccines. I don't know if it's true. And I didn't state it as a fact. I just said, got a source who said this is the case. You know, I asked the question, right? Well, I got so much hate and I could keep getting the hate just be, I mean, being called controlled opposition. I have all these people saying, well, you know, Trump, Trump has always been against the mandates and he's never told this. And then you get the people that are saying, oh, you know, he might as well. There's, how do you know? Are you a doctor? How do you know he didn't save a hundred million lives or anything like that? And it's like, well, I, I know because. He didn't. I'm a Trump fan. But with that said, I will call him out for anything he does wrong, including, in my humble opinion, continuing to push the vaccines. Have you experienced anything like that with your, or, well, first of all, what's your stance on that? And and then what kind of, of hate are you getting from, from the right? I think I lost like 600 followers yesterday on Twitter uh, because of the same type of conversation. Um, and I haven't commented on a dominant silk thing, but um. I mean, Silk was very clear on stage. She didn't, ne- she didn't necessarily say it was vaccine-related, um, but she said it needs to be investigated, and she said the words died suddenly. It's just she's seen it with her own two eyes. Uh, we can only assume um, what that means, and if our assumption is correct, 
then somebody has to talk about this. This this is what's really happening. You, you know, when I see people say, well, he never mandated it, bro, who cares? Like, like, like genuinely, what is that? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Because let, let, let me put it like this. It's not about mandating it. If you believe people are dying because of this, my, if you believe people are dying suddenly because of this, then you he, Trump is complicit in some type of way. This is you, even as a Trump fan, you have to be able to say that. Bryson, why do you say that? They gave over four billion dollars to Pfizer. They gave uh, uh, like two billion dollars to Moderna. Uh, uh, million, uh, billions of dollars to Johnson and Johnson. Trump under Trump to fund the vaccines. Or to buy the vaccines. This is this is the truth. So think about it like this. If I if I pay for somebody to go kill somebody, would I be complicit in that case? Of course I would. I'll probably get jail time. You know what I'm saying? We can't then change the logic because of who it is. That's why people call us a cult. Because that doesn't make sense. No person can say that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Trump pushed the vaccine, promoted it more than anybody. And he was planning, and he had like showed interest while he was president to force, uh, to force testing on nursing homes. But I guess you could say it's not that bad. Um, and he funded it and he promoted it nonstop. And he like clown people. He said in multiple interviews that the only reason that we're ant- we're going against the vaccine is because he isn't president. He said if he was president, everybody would get the vaccine. He said he wouldn't have to mandate it because we would all get it. <laughs> I'm- I mean, come on, bro. Like, and then people are like, "Well, you gonna vote for uh, Democrats?" What? This is not an argument. Oh, what? You're, you're pro DeSantis now? I've never said anything about DeSantis. Like, what? Like, it's funny how people can't respond to the actual conversation, so they have to throw throw shade, unfollow, attack. I've been getting attacked by a group of memers for the last forty eight hours. It's like these people. These people are crazy, dude. <laughs> Well, let's talk about them. Let's go to break, and then I want to hear hear that story. I, I, you know, memers are the worst. I'm just gonna say, memers are the worst. So, so we'll be right back with Bryson Gray. Folks, the majority of our pharmaceuticals, the ingredients in them, come from. China, they are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. We're already seeing supply chain issues. Pharmacies are running low on a lot of things. And if the crap hits the fan, as a lot of us think it may in the very near future, you will want antibiotics. And the best way to get that is to go to jdrucker.com slash meds. You'll be able to get a teleconference with an actual doctor, and then they'll send you meds. They'll send you like five different versions or types of antibiotics for the different ailments that could that could hit us these are great for long-term storage you will you will want them and it's one of those things where if you if you need them then you'll want them if you don't need them then at least you'll have them so and here's the thing if you don't have them you're almost certainly going to need them at least sometime in the near future so jdrucker.com slash meds You know, before the break, we were asking, well, I was starting to ask Bryson Gray about, about attacks that he's experienced in his uh, in his time. And, and like me, and I think I'm sure he gets more than I do, um, 
we often get attacked by the the right more than the left. You know, attacks from the left are usually ludicrous, first and foremost. Usually they're threatening. I mean, this whole idea that the left, you know, oh, they they can't meme. It's true. They really can't, okay? This whole idea that they they don't, they use, uh, um, you know, fake arguments. They attack you as a person, you know, versus attacking your, it's true. It really is true. I can deflect a leftist all the time, but on the right, there's a different challenge there. Because especially if you're going after those, or if you're saying something bad about, for example, Donald Trump, I like I said, I support him, okay, but I don't like what he's continuing to say about the vaccines. And I get people say, oh, you must be controlled opposition, you know, you, you're either with us 100% or you're a complete and total enemy, and if I ever see you, I'm going to murder you, you you evil leftist radical, groomer, groomer. I mean, I'm. it's like, dude, all I said was, I'm against the vaccines. He's for the vaccines. I mean, are you for the vaccines? Well, you are you're you're a radical controlled opposition. Uh, it is what it is. I'm gonna <laughs> turn it over to you because I could rant on that stuff all day. You mentioned you've been getting a lot of heat lately. Talk about that. Who are you getting the heat from? Talk about tell us the story. And is it uh, it could be from this week, it could be from last week, last year, I don't care. No, it's it's from the last 48 hours. It's uh I'm not gonna even mention this guy's name. Um, what's funny is he, we used to be cool and then he lied and told everybody I blocked him, which was a lie. Uh, I was literally following him. He wasn't even following me back, which is interesting. And, uh, what, what happened was, and, and this is how you know people are like so emotionally attached to Trump that I have to view it as an idolatry. And I'm explaining why I tweeted because everybody was talking about Trump being let back on Twitter and he's playing his first tweet. I said, everybody's excited about his first tweet. I'm waiting on him to admit he was wrong about vaccines. That's what I said. Tweet got 16,000 likes, like 2,000 retweets, and 1,000 responses, a mixture, but a lot of people was mad. And uh, among the people that got mad was a few memers, and it was this girl memer who was following, we was following each other, you know what I'm saying? And then she, 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 uh, she responded to a response to a response. So somebody commented and said, what was he wrong about? I quote tweeted and gave them Trump statements that he has said. Uh, and they was all like quotes, literal quotes. And then she said, you're wrong on all of these. Now, I, I had to at the beginning of that story. You understand how it started. I made a statement. People was responding to my statements and people were, then these people got upset. But then they started sending their people with another guy who's like, has a cult following and they started calling me a liar. Like Bryson is lying. Trump didn't say this. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. And I'm like, bro, what are y'all talking about? All of these quotes from the same interview he did with Candace Owens. Like it's from the same exact interviews. Like I might even go into different interviews. I can say a lot more, but, but it's all from uh, the interview with Candace Owens verbatim what he said. So I'm DMing them. And then it was like, well, this interview is from a year ago. I said, huh? What does that matter? Did Trump say it or did he not? Like I'm, I'm starting to get confused. Then it was like, well, we're talking about a new interview that that dropped yesterday. He didn't say that in that interview. I said, who brought up the the, the different interview? What are you talking about? And then and 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 then and then and then I, I asked the guy in the DMs. I said, wait a minute. Are you telling me y'all been attacking me? Even though I'm 100% correct, you just admitted it. I sent you those the, the video recordings. You know it's true, and your, your excuse is that it's a year ago. I said, are you saying that you sent your followers to attack me because y'all were upset at a different interview that I wasn't talking about? Like, are y'all, like, 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 
Is that literally? And I kid you not. Instead of saying it was a misunderstanding, instead of saying he apologized, because this, because remember, I didn't go to anybody else's page. They came to my page to respond to what I was talking about. So when I gave the quotes, they, I guess, assumed I was talking about a different. It's the weird. I don't even know the logic. I can't even explain it to you. But instead of instead of saying it was a misunderstanding, I kid you not. This man DM me and said, "Was not my fault." You're too lazy to watch the new interview. It's not my fault that you that you're not caught up with the rest of us. I said, huh? I said, bro, all I said was he was wrong about the vaccines, and I waited for him to apologize for that. Somebody said, what was he wrong about? And I gave quotes from him that he was wrong about from an interview. And y'all came to my page attacking me because of what I said. And basically, you're telling me that all of this attacking is based on something that I wasn't even talking about. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and I said, as a man, can you at least, because the, the woman who was upset, women are women, you know what I'm saying? Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. Take it with a grain of salt. It's whatever. But I feel like a man should at least. I feel like being a part of a man is having having integrity. If you know you are objectively wrong, or you assume something you was wrong about it, you should be like, "That's my bad." You know what I'm saying? As a man, especially somebody that was friends with you, you should be like, "That's my bad." He didn't say it. He continued attacking me and saying his father was attacking me, and now they're all continuing to say that I was lying about quotes. After I even posted the videos of it, and it's the weirdest. That's the weirdest experience, bro. It's it's so weird. That sounds crazy. You know, I've dealt with, I've dealt with, um, with Bernie Sanders people, uh, Bernie Bros before. They can be pretty crazy. Okay, I've dealt with, um, with Antifa people directly before, and obviously they can be pretty crazy. And trying to reason with them is is practically impossible. But I'll tell you. When you are dealing with somebody who, and again, I always have to to make sure, just in case people take me out of context, I always have to make sure that I that I perceive this by saying I like and support Donald Trump a lot. I like I like the vast majority of what he does. I will vote for him again in twenty twenty four if he's uh, assuming he's a GOP nominee. Right? Now, I've got no problem with that. I'm not a DeSantis guy or anything. Okay, there's all of my my necessary. Uh, disclaimers. With all that said, the hardest debate to have is with somebody who is who is such a 100% Trump purist that you can't say anything truthful without them attacking you if that truth is against Trump. I say, look, he said in the interview that I think whoever you're talking about, the interview they were talking about, Trump said, you know, I say, you know, they say uh, that Operation Warp Speed saved 100 million people. And I'm thinking to myself, whoever told him that, would probably the same people that told it must have been Fauci or Burks or whoever who has him convinced, who has Donald Trump convinced that he saved a hundred million or even ten million. We'll even take it down. As he mentioned tens of millions, he said hundred million. Okay, we'll take it down to the lowest possible number that he said. He said that he saved tens of millions of people with Operation Warp Speed. Okay. If there had been nothing, if there had been no lockdowns, no face masks, no vaccine, no nothing at all, there wouldn't have been tens of millions of people in America who would have died from COVID-19. So it's not possible 
for mathematically speaking, it is not possible for him to have saved tens of millions of people with Operation Warp Speed. If you say that, though, to the to the totally, you know, absolutely purest in the Trump MAGA world, they will go off on you. They will try to destroy you. And it sounds like you have experienced just that. Um Gosh, see, like I said, you get me ranting, man. You know, according to your bio, you know, you're you call yourself a religious zealot. You call yourself a Torah keeper. Okay. Look, I am all for reading the Bible, the whole Bible, from Genesis all the way through. Okay. I am all for keeping the Ten Commandments because there are ten. They're not nine, they're not eleven, there are ten. You probably get attacked for that. Now, we've talked politics. Let's go into faith. Tell me about what it means to be a Torah keeper, what it means to uh, for, for you to fight from a Christian perspective, from a perspective that might not be quite as mainstream as, as we'd like to see on, uh, or we, but as, as some people would like to see on uh, Sunday evangelical television or whatever. Um, well, the, the, the reason I receive backlash is because we have a biblical illiteracy problem amongst Christians. Um, and it's because <clears throat> over the course of hundreds of years, dating back to the Catholic Church, uh, and multiple people after, multiple groups after, even Protestants with Martin Luther, he literally added the word alone. Like a lot of people say faith alone through uh grace alone through faith alone. Martin Luther added that word alone that wasn't naturally there. Um so what happens is if if people are not knowledgeable on the Bible and don't or do not study thyself and pr- thyself approved, uh they get caught up in just believing whatever the church tells them what pastor tells them or what's popular amongst Christianity. And a lot of things that are popular amongst Christianity are unfortunately unbiblical. Like the most popular doctrines amongst Christianity is, is, is unbiblical. So I, I read the Bible. I've been reading for a very long time, but five years ago, I decided to read it again, but delete everything I learned. You see what I'm saying? I wanted to reread it like a baby. From beginning to end, like a baby, I just delete everything I was taught out of my brain, like a brand new person. Just read it, bro. And when I read it, a lot of things became too clear. You know what I'm saying? To the point to where it's like, I don't understand how anybody can believe anything else. And then, you know, to test these theories out, if, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I do biblical questions. Um, and what I do with these biblical questions, I literally take a Bible verse in context. I just turn into a question. That's it. I just turn into a question. I just re- reword it a little bit so it can be a question. And the majority of times people get it wrong. Like the overwhelming majority of people get these biblical questions wrong. And they get it wrong because to, to get it right, they would have to sort of abandon what they were taught about God. And uh, that's a very difficult thing to do, especially you if you was taught something for 20, 20 years. I mean, how, why would you change what you know for, know for 20 years about God? So being a Torah keeper means what it means. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible, the book of Moses, um, that has the commandments in it. Uh, and once you read the gospels, you understand that Jesus pretty much confirms that you're supposed to follow it. Um, John 14, the entire John 14 literally talks about how if you love me, keep my commandments. And people think it's about new commandments, but if you just, you know, keep reading John 14, Jesus says these are the commandments he got from his father. You know what I'm saying? Or read Matthew 7, 23. He said, uh, depart from me. I never knew you. 
And a lot of Christians know that verse, right? It's a very popular verse. But people, if, if you usually listen to people talk, they usually don't tell you the last part of that. Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you, workers of iniquity. Or he that work lawlessness. What he, Jesus is referring to, because if you read a little bit earlier, he said the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is for you to keep the commandments. That's the biblical context of what's being said. And when he calls you, ye that work lawlessness, talking about people that goes against what God told you to do. Um, go to Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the entire Sermon on the Mount is about keeping the commandments. Matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, until heaven and earth pass, well, let me, let me start where it says, it says, uh, for truly I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all is fulfilled. Uh, one of the requirements to be fulfilled is heaven and earth have, having to be passed. You read second Peter 313. Um, Peter tells you that heaven and earth still has a pass. I mean, if you read every single gospel, not every single, I think two out of the four gospels, Jesus says heaven and earth still has the pass. And then when you go to Revelation 21, it tells you heaven and earth pass because that's referring to Jesus coming back. Um, I, so, you know, when, when you do all these, when you read it, to me, it's like, I don't go around bashing people that don't keep the commandments. Do what you want to do what you want to do. But me, I think the safest bet based on the scriptures in, in this entirety is to keep the commandments. Why? Because in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said um, that those who don't keep the commandments and teach people not to keep the commandments, they will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But those that teach the commandments and keep the commandments will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And I don't care how you interpret that. I don't want to be on one of those sides just in case. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, this, this is how I'm doing it. And it's, it's very biblical verbatim in the scriptures. And that's pretty much what it means and why. Well, you're always safe. Safest bet is to just go with what the scriptures say, right? You don't have to, it's when we start getting into manly and to, to human interpretations of the word of God that we usually get in trouble. And referring to what you're saying, you know, most and least in the kingdom of heaven, you know, first top priority for everybody, everybody out there, like I said, is to is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Act upon it, you know. Start with get to heaven, okay, and then great. Once you got that established, once you 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 feel good and confident there, then let's work on are you are you great in heaven? Are you are you least in heaven? I'm going to be happy to be in heaven, but maybe it does make sense to to try to utilize every everything that we're taught in the Bible to to do better, we'll say, in the afterlife. I'm not saying it's a race or up or down scale or anything like that. I just look at it like, look, the Bible says to do this, so I'm going to do that. The Bible says don't do this, so I'm not going to do that. And, and we could talk about, gosh, I need to get you on for a, for a complete faith-based one. Um, let's get one more question before the break. Well, first, will you be able to do one more segment or do you got to run? Of course. No, I'm chilling. Okay, cool. Um, then one more question before that. Uh, and because when we get started, when we, just to show you fair warning on the other side of the break, I'm going to start asking for solutions. How do we fix these problems? But before we get to that, I want you to briefly in two minutes or less, explain to me and explain to the audience what you feel is the number, and it could be pick a number, you, the the number one or the number, you know, the top two or the top five. I don't care. But what are the greatest challenges for Americans 
here in 2023 that we can actually address. I'm not talking about challenges like, like, oh, you know, the, the biggest challenge is going to be whatever, something we can't. Things that we can actually find solutions to. What is the number one or the number five or whatever in between, number 10? What are the biggest challenges we face as Americans in 2023? Secularism, uh, which includes feminism, LGBT, uh, promiscuity, um, things of that nature, all social issues, because economic issues, uh, under Trump, we had the best economy of our life. Well, my life, I'm 31. Uh, we had a be- we had the best economy, but more children were getting indoctrinated with the LGBT propaganda. Uh, more TV shows started pushing it. Uh, more wokeness started entering society. That was including under Trump. Um, and that's why society is starting to fall is because of the moral aspect of our society, not the economic aspect. Uh, so secularism, um, feminism, LGBT, and promiscuity is the biggest issues. That's nicely said. That's actually very perfect. So yeah, let's let's focus on the solutions because that's something we, we you know look we get it's easy to go on any of these shows and to point out the problems. Okay, anybody can rant. I go and I rant for sometimes four hours a day without a guest, just me sitting there saying, "Oh, this sucks and this sucks and this sucks and this is good, but this sucks and this sucks and this sucks," and it mostly just sucks because we're in that type of world today, this post-truth society. But now that I have you on, in the next segment, I do want to get to solutions. Let's figure out what we can do. Can we save this nation? Can we save ourselves? So so we will be right back with Bryson Gray. While on break, go to check out his website, uh, Bryson Creates 2. That's the number two, BrysonCreates2.com. Anyone who's familiar with my show or listen to my show before knows that I am a, a very huge proponent of preparedness. Uh, I haven't always been. I didn't become a prepper until really 2021. But since then, I've been working diligently to find companies that offer the things that we need. And if the crap hits the fan, I want to be ready for it. And I want you to be ready for it, too. I picked up some sponsors for long-term storage food, for precious metals, for for solar power. I've got a candle sponsor. We've got you know, uh, antibiotics for for storage, just in case the the pharmaceutical supply chain goes down. We got med kits, nutraceuticals, uh, natural survival. We got guns and ammo. You can buy them buy them by going to jdrucker.com slash prepare. jdrucker.com slash prepare. Bug out bags, the works. So so stock up now while you still can. Folks, if you were listening to this show, watching this show, chances are you have MyPillow products. I'm here to tell you that you need more. And the reason being is, well, twofold. Number one, because there's some amazing sales going on at MyPillow.com right now. But number two, because, frankly, they're hurting. I don't want to – I'm not saying this – I'll probably get in trouble for even saying it. But I can tell you, based upon sales, I can tell you based upon reactions that I've been receiving from other other show hosts, other other, uh, conservative news outlets that my pillow sales have gone down dramatically. They are hurting just like the rest of us. I mean, many of us are hurting. The vast majority of us are hurting. But if you can, whether you've got a my pillow or not, take a moment, support this America First company, support Mike Lindell, support the show by going to mypillow.com and using promo code JDR. That's mypillow.com promo code JDR or call 1-800-862-0382. That's 1-800-862-0382. Promo code JDR, help out two America First companies. 
Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. We are back with Bryson Gray, my friend. This is the second time I did check my notes. This is the second time you've come on my show. The first time we were talking about a little bit looser stuff. Today, you know, we're really tackling the issues, and I wanted to get your perspectives on, well, everything. You talked about the rise of secularism, the content, it's it's spread as well. It's not just the rise. Okay, on one hand, we can expect the rise of secularism. In other words, we can expect. Uh, as the just as we try to push our perspective, they're going to try to push their perspective, and there's there's a growing number of them. When I say the spread, that's the part that concerns me the most because there's a lot of people out there who maybe they were they were heading in the right direction before, but who have done 180s for whatever reason. There's other things out there. What are the solutions? You know, Bryson Gray, tell me what is what are the solutions to let's say that? Well, let's just start with the rise of secularism in America. Um, solutions, solutions is actually very easy, um, but very hard at the same time. Uh, cause when you think about it, a lot of people, they think, they think what, you know, if you ask a lot of conservatives, like communism, socialism, you know, those are those things, right? But if you go read the, the writings of every communist and every socialist in history, they all tell you they they have to attack people's faith in God because they understand that's the hardest thing to break. If you're an atheist, not saying you're necessarily a bad person, but you pose no threat to anybody being an atheist because your morals are can go with the wind at that point, to be honest. So how do we attack it? How can I can I can give you the solution? Before I give you the solution, I'm gonna tell you why the solution is harder than what it is. Because Satan is smart. Satan is very, very intelligent. Think about how things get normalized. Think about it. Same-sex marriage um, was 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 legalized forcefully uh, by the Supreme Court in 2015. In 20, remember during this time, the the consensus the consensus amongst Republicans were to be for traditional marriage. That was 2015. Now we're what seven years, eight years later, and Donald Trump is hosting. Uh, celebratory LGBT events at Mar-a-Lago to celebrate the Respect for Marriage Act, right? Um, how do we get this place this far? Well, it's not, it's not, it's not hard. They get you with the Netflix. They get you with the TV shows. They get you with the commercials. They get you with the celebrities because what the celebrities do, it may not necessarily change you at that moment, but your kids that you let watching it. The school that your kids go to, the kids that's around them, that that is getting normalized too. Once you give your children up to the world, now look, now your kids got a, a, a gay friend. Now you got a gay nephew, you got a gay niece, you might have a gay brother, you might have a gay uncle, you might have a, you might you know what I'm saying. And when you have a gay family member, uh, and I'm using gay as a blanket term for all of the alphabet people, pretty much. I mean, we're just being clear, they're all gay. So <clears throat> when you do that. 
You're not going to go against it. You can claim you're a Christian. You can claim you're doing anything for God. But yeah, right. If you got a brother or a sister that's gay or a best friend uh, that, that came to you as gay, you're going to, that's going to pull your emotional strings and you're going to soft, you're going to become more soft on that message naturally. Most people are. It's just reality. Satan is smart. He know how to get you. Um, When you think about, um, and, and that's just the LGBT, you think about feminism, right? It sounds good. We deserve the right to vote. We deserve the right to work. But if you look, women are the most unhappy they have ever been. And they're still not the ones out doing like construction work. They're not welding. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? People don't, oh, it's a gender pay gap. No, it's a gender work gap. Y'all are not, women are not working the same jobs as men. Women are working a job that fit woman nature. Nursing, school teaching, though these are the industries women are more prominent in because that fits their nature more. Uh, so the problem is women are trying to combat their own nature because they're taught to combat it by, well, you know, with the woke agenda. And that's making them unhappy, lonely, trying to focus on a career. It, like, did you know, did you know women with a college education and, and career women, uh, 90% of the time of divorces, they're the ones that, um, initiate divorce. 90% of the time in this, in these things create a, a crazy society. You, now you have more children out of wedlock. You have more degeneracy uh, and gay people are literally 24% more likely to be depressed than straight people. Um, They're 30% more likely to be on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like these are just real life things. Unfortunately, it's just a reality of it. And then you go to promiscuity, which feminism and LGBT leads to naturally. Um, now women are getting praised for being harlots, right? And that just all ties in together. When, when you have these things being normalized, it's going to be hard to combat against it. So, so I'm just explaining to you why it's hard. Now, the easy way to do it is simple. Christians, we run voting. We literally do. Literally, if the GOP lost 5% of the Christian vote, they would never win another election again. And if and people were smart, let me tell you something. My grandmother, Voted Democrat all her life, right? She called my dad, but she just finally figured it out. For the Respect for Marriage Act, she found out that I was a Democrat thing. And she said she could never vote Democrat again. Now, to us, it's like, you're late. We, we, we got a million things to tell you then. But 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 better late than never. She, this is what she's saying. But not only that, all the black churches are saying that. Not 100%, obviously. But generally speaking, you go to these black churches, they don't support no homosexuality. I'm, I'm telling y'all something. If, 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 if we were, if Christians were able to get a candidate as Christian, right, go to the black churches and be like, this is what they pushing and show them, you'll, you'll flip the black Christian vote easy. It's so easy. I, I grew up in a black community. This, this is how easy it is. My pastor that I grew up with didn't even go to his own daughter wedding because she was a lesbian. That's how gangster people I grew up with is. You know what I'm saying? So we have to start using our power, but we're scared to because we say, well, if we, we can't start a new party because that's just giving the Democrats a win. In the beginning, you're right, but it's going to take here to think if, if you, we don't want to take risk, if we don't want to sacrifice, then we, nothing going to change, right? Because to be honest, I don't really care for Democrat winning. Because the, the only difference between Democrat and Republican is Republicans are just going to move slower to the destruction of this country than the Democrats will. Why wait? Let a Democrat win. Burn it all down. Let's hurry up. Get it over with. You know what I'm saying? And during this time, we can start pitting up Christian candidates because we we run the voting. 
if people could understand this, we run the voting. We can flip so many moderates and telling y'all, do y'all know how many Christian Democrats there are? I'm not talking about no, no secular, super secular. They're probably, there's probably like a good 5% of Democrats that are like starring Christians. They just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? We could get it to the point where we make it to the debate stage. We can get to these points. So to, to fix it is we have to start mixing religion and politics. I <laughs> just want to be honest. And we have to start using our power to pass policy. And you're going to have a lot of libertarians on your show to say, Religion shouldn't dictate law. Say who? Who? First off, somebody is pushing their agenda to the government, like it or not. So all, all of that crap talk about, uh, we shouldn't push our views to government. Okay, just gonna let the left do it. Oh yeah, that's a great plan. That sounds idiotic. Every somebody's views is getting pushed through the government, and now it's getting more so. Respect for marriage act example again. Abortion example again. But what are we gonna do about it? Sit there and complain? No, 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 no. Push our views to government. Find some candidates that are stern Christians and vow that we'll vote for them. We'll start getting in the we'll start getting in the conversation. We run voting. We're Christians. I mean, but that that's my solution right there. That's my political solution. Well, that's that makes just a ton of sense. I mean, here we are. A lot of times I think we take our greatest strength as a voting block and we try to negate it. We quickly run. Oh no 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 no! If you if you if you focus on the evangelical side or the Christian side of everything, then then we're going to turn off all those other people that hate us because everybody hates us. I'm like, well, but that's that's what we are. So instead of saying let's not focus on it, what if we did a reversal? What if we tried to to do the exact opposite of what we've done for the last really 15, 20 years? Go back to what we were doing before, which is to say, hey, I'm Christian, I'm conservative. You should be too. You know, are they tied hand in hand? In many ways, yes. Okay, you can say there's conservative Muslims, and there are. Okay, um, you could say there's conservative atheists, and there are. You could say all these things, but at the end of the day, many of our values that we've have established here in America, many of the of the concepts that drive and, and that act as a foundation for our nation are based upon the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. So let's. Let's just embrace that as a strength instead of running away from it, because it is the left that has made it, the radical left in particular, that has made it to where so many millions of, of Americans have put down their, their best weapon because, I don't even know why, because they want to. You know, I people say, well, you know, you, you get kind of, kind of Christian faith based on your political show. I'm like, dude, this is just my show. Okay, if I want to talk about politics, I'll talk about politics. If I want to talk about faith. I'll talk about faith. Chances are I'm going to talk about both of those, and I'm going to throw culture in there too. Speaking of culture, we got this problem with you'd mentioned you touched on problem in schools, problem with uh, you know, the groomers, problem with so many things that are happening out there. Let's get to a solution. What's the fix there? You know, beyond just let's throw the Bible at it, uh, which is uh, I think a proper solution to almost everything. Let's get let's talk to our our, I guess you could say normie friends out there how can we fix the cultural problems we're having here in the united states of america um well before i say that i, I want to say something because you brought up conservative muslims did you know muslims and jews majority vote democrat yeah of course Th- think think about that muslims you think if somebody actually told muslims like this is what they're pushing we're pushing the opposite i be- okay that's political solution let's talk culture <laughs> culture is simple entertainment I mean that's just reality that's what dictates culture that's 
entertainment is that's, that's how simple it is. Um, who's willing? Who, who's willing to do it? You know, because we look at people that identify as conservatives. I mean, the most the most well resourced people we have is probably what the Daily Wire, probably. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, what, even Ben Shapiro claims he's Orthodox Jew, and he'll say something like, "Uh, he's libertarian, libertarian on, on, on same-sex marriage." And of course, he's saying that to pander because I read the Torah a lot, and that is impossible to say. Um, but it's, so it's just like the people with the most resources can't change culture, unfortunately, because they're not willing to do it. But we need we we need the resources. We need somebody. The problem with all these conservative people with the resources, they are all cucks, and I mean all. I'm sorry. They are all cucks. They probably have personal belief system, but they're so scared to lose money that they will never tell you their true beliefs. They can't change culture. So the so so we have to we have to get behind people that are really do it. It's gonna take people like you, they people like me, they people shooting, you know, getting into the movie game, acting, dancing, fashion, you know, every aspect to it. And we have to, and it can't just be overly conservative like i'm not talking about like my merch which is which is cool my merch is is cool but i'm talking about like a brand i am working on a, on, on a clothing and a shoe brand but i want to talk about it now because i don't want to jinx it but um um but we need something like the where you know you know what i'm saying like a brand that you can wear and if you see somebody with it on it may not say i'm a christian conservative but you know they got that brand on they we need a parallel economy a parallel entertainment system in every sense of the word but we we got to really do it we got to really do it but that takes resources it takes money it takes power you know what i'm saying it it is easy but it's hard at the same time well and it's one of those you know i think dance floor first person on the dance floor things when it comes to the the people with the money. You're absolutely right. When you say that, that those who have the resources are cucks, I've dealt with many, many of them. And I like to call them, they're Fox News conservatives. Okay. They're, they're, oh, sure. You know, they'll donate to, to Trump. A lot of them will, will, but they were also donating to, to George W. Bush. They were donating to, they really love donating to John McCain and Mitt Romney. You know, but they just kind of fall into that category. And I found that those people, and I'm talking about we're we're talking about like multimillionaires and including billionaires. A lot of times they just don't want to. It's above their head. I hate to say it. I'm not trying to call them stupid because they're billionaires. But I'm just saying when you say like what you just said as far as culture. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. When you say what you just said, as far as we have to take control of the entertainment industry, we have to take control of of the things that drive culture today. When you say that, that goes over their head. They're like, "Oh wait, you mean it's not just about lowering taxes and uh, and stopping regulations so my construction company doesn't have to?" You mean there's more to it than that? I'm like, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. I do know one. I have one investment firm that I've been been talking to for a long time, and these guys. I mean, they align very well with with what you are talking about, with what I'm talking about. These are people that that are. I mean, they start every meeting with prayer. Okay, they uh, they see 
They see the LGBTQIA plus supremacy agenda as destroying America. They see all these things that that a lot of us are talking about. Um, they're not in the billionaire area, but I think they are in the millionaire. So maybe maybe I should introduce you to them because they do they do very well. Anyway, um, great, awesome stuff so far. I want to let's do. I have one more question for you, but before we get to that, I want to make sure everybody goes to uh, Bryson Creates Two. Dot com that's b r y s o n c r e a t e s the number two dot com they can go there they can get your your apparel and if they want to oh by the way if you're on Twitter follow him at real bryson gray dot com or not dot com just at real bryson gray there's no dot com there <laughs> follow him and you will be you'll be the entertained you'll definitely be enlightened if you pay attention and um and yeah you might actually you might actually learn a thing or two or ten. Uh, any other thing that you have coming up? Any other projects that you want to mention? Websites, social media accounts. Where else can people find you? Before I get to my final question, sir. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel while I'm there. But if you're on Rumble, subscribe to Rumble. Um, Gab. I'm on social. You know what I'm saying? Like, subscribe to the alternative platforms. Uh, I have a, I have a few things coming this year. But sometimes when you speak on something and it doesn't happen. I don't like to look dumb like that. So um, I do have a few, you know, things coming. Just keep up with me. Hopefully I don't get banned on everything before it's complete. Lord willing, we will we'll still be able to communicate with each other. Um, so my final question for you, sir, is to make bold prediction. One bold prediction, 10 bold predictions. I don't care. From Take us all the way through and take as much time as you need or be done in 30 seconds if you'd like. I need, what does Bryson Gray think is going to happen? 2023, 2024, 2040, I don't care. Just throw me out a bombshell that I can use as a headline so that we can get people to to watch the entire show and then they'll get to the end and it'll finally say, oh, that's where Bryson Gray said that that he believes that the UFOs are going to come down and and uh and take take all the all the uh blonde girls in 2023. I'm just kidding. But well, you knew that. Go ahead. Give me some uh, give me some bombshells. What I will say is I don't know if this is a bombshell. Um, and this is to all the Trump supporters. Um, if Trump continues his campaign, how it's going right now, he will lose 2024 without a shadow of a doubt. Like it's not even it, like he will get thrashed by anybody they put up there. Um, and that's just and, that, and that's just the honest truth. If y'all like it or not, because I know y'all are like you know Trump loyalists, but the vaccine issue is losing people. Um, he's losing uh, Christian support, and he's even complained about it. He called he called Christians disloyal, even though Christians said, "Bro, you're throwing freaking celebratory parties for the LGBT for defiling the marriage bed. Why would we continue supporting you? It makes no sense." You know what I'm saying? He blamed pro-lifers, and I went to the pro-life march, and Trump is not a good look out there right now. Uh, nobody mentioned Trump in a positive light that I talked to. Uh, you probably only saw like one percent of people with MAGA hats on out there, and I was one of them. Uh, I actually, I actually felt weird because like nobody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, well, people don't like it. Like you know what I'm saying? So he will lose 2024 if this continues. If he continues collaborating with Richard Grinnell, who's a homosexual, and a lot of cap Republicans, they're pretty much setting him up to lose. Because I mean, to be honest, you can't trust gay people, and not to be just disrespectful. I mean, you just literally can't, bro. Um, and and and. Uh, that that that's what I think is the future conservative movement. I think uh, the the Trump cultists are killing MAGA. They're ruining it, uh, making it unfun. <laughs> and it's like, please shut up. 
Like, just like, all I do is just shut up because I'm like killing it, bro. MAGA's supposed to be bigger than one man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Trump started it. Nobody's saying he didn't. Nobody's saying that. Trump, I would still say Trump was the best president of my lifetime. But I'm a free thinker, bro. When I was wearing the MAGA hat to the hood before I went viral, Trump wasn't out there with me. Nobody was out there with me. I was out there to prove a point. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I kept proving that point, and somebody begged me to go to a rally. And when I went to that rally, I said what I usually say, and Trump reposted me. That's how I originally went viral. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, another prediction is I think the remnant is rising, and um, I think a lot of Christians are getting fed up, and a lot of people are coming to their senses. So uh, my message to the LGBT, to the woke leftists, to the woke teachers, keep doing what y'all do. Thank you so much. Um, Keep trying to force this stuff on children. Keep attacking people that go against your agenda. Keep doing it. Um, Because what you don't understand you're doing is you're creating a counter because people are getting upset and people are opening up their eyes because you're going so crazy. So continue doing it. Go harder. Do something crazier. Have you ever thought about doing something crazier? Go further than where, where you think you can go. Matter of fact, y'all should start suing people that go against your agenda. Just something crazy. Ban Bibles. Yeah. You know, man Bibles. Because, you know, you know, we need a lot of fire under some people's butts. So that's 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 that those are my statements. That's good enough. Good enough. And don't even get me started on Richard Grinnell. We had a uh humongous eh, humongous is probably the wrong word. We had about a three-day back and forth a few months ago during the GOP primaries because of Kathy Barnett and um, Dr. Mehmet Oz, and it went it went pretty ugly. And I remember one of the things that he said. I think it was him. He was either him or one of the other um, one of the other guys out there who said basically, you know, Oz is going to win the primary, and when he wins the the general election, you can thank me. Well, he didn't win the general election, even though I think it might have been stolen. I'm not sure Fetterman could have possibly actually won that, but whatever. That's a whole other story for another day. But uh, he didn't win, so I didn't get any apologies from any of these people who are saying, we need to to put in a normal, moderate guy who's going to, you know, we need to get him in there. If we put in Kathy Barnett, then we're going to lose badly. Oh, whatever. Anyway. I don't think it was stolen, by the way. I don't think it was stolen. I think Dr. Oz lost because he was a terrible candidate. So many people from Pennsylvania was messaging me and they did not want to vote. Kathy Barnett was growing steam at a very fast rate. And Donald Trump and Richard Grinnell started attacking her because of her faith in God. Mm -hmm. Spencer Richard Grinnell started attacking her faith. And that's why Kathy Barnett didn't beat Dr. Oz because people were told to not vote for her because she was gaining steam and she was clearly more popular than Dr. Oz. Uh, but you know. Well, what about don't even give me start on the Hannity thing? That was the not that I was a big fan of Hannity before, not that I was a fan at all of Hannity before. Matter of fact, my show, the new show, which starts this week, um, comes on at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It it specifically comes on at 6 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Because I wanted to go opposite of Hannity. So <laughs> I'm not going to watch him anyway. But yeah, he went after it too. All right, cool. Uh, final thoughts before we, we disappear, brother. Um, I don't know, man. God first. Uh, we have to keep fighting. Uh, it's probably going to get worse. And um, running scared and complaining online exclusively won't do the trick. 
uh, that complaining online has to be matched with, um, if applicable, if you can, obviously some, a lot of older people can't, but, uh, for, for, for people like us that can, it has to be matched with actually like getting out here and trying to make changes. Very good. Very good. That folks, that is Bryson Gray. You can find his stuff at Bryson creates com. That's the number two Bryson creates com. God bless you, my friend, my brother, my, my very ideologically aligned Twitter buddy. Um, keep fighting the good fight, my friend. God bless you, bro. Bless you as well. After the break, we will, I've, I don't recall. We're going to be talking about something cool. So, so stay tuned. So let's be honest, the vast majority of long-term storage, survival food, prepper food, it's just awful. I mean, it just tastes tastes really, really bad. And uh, that's why they expect us to to eat during the, the apocalypse. Well, if the crap hits the fan, I'm going to actually be eating good food. I go to LatePrepper.com, a website that I built based upon two partnerships, the two companies that produce actually really good food. No need to set up a bulk discount. Doesn't matter whether you buy one or ten. There's no no hidden fees here. As a matter of fact, we charge the same price that the the source companies charge. The difference is we actually have exclusive discounts. Use promo code PREP twenty twenty three for ten percent off, or for the you big spenders, use code PREP twenty thirty for fifteen percent off on orders of seven hundred seventy seven dollars or more. Go to LatePrepper.com and eat well for the apocalypse. Yeah, it's, it's funny that I didn't remember what it was that we were going to be talking about next. I, yeah, I had to go to my show notes and it's like, play the clip from the weekend. I was like, oh, crap. You know, I planned out the show and I'd forgotten that I'd done this. One of the things we're going to be doing because we are um, we're moving to two shows a day, four hours a day worth of programming for the J.D. Rucker show. I'm going to be doing some pre-recording of clips. In other words, as news breaks, I'm going to go ahead and and pull it up, talk about it, and just run a segment. Okay, do do a partial segment to have. I'm just going to talk as I talk. You know, as news goes, I'm going to hop on the camera in the new new studio. And so we've been testing that out, and that's one of the things that we wanted to do, or I had wanted to do but today, was to take a couple of clips. Um, thankfully, the funny part is they actually do match with the the theme today of bold conservatism. Um, one of them deals specifically with the economy, which we're about to hear, and the other one deals actually deals from a faith-based perspective. So, hey, it worked out, even though I didn't plan it like this. It did work out that uh, that we are uh, trying this new style. I, when I say trying, I'm certain that this will actually be the case because, again, it's it's necessary. I like to to react to news as it happens. I don't want to sit back and wait and say, like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about this. Schedule this breaking news. We'll talk about it in two days. <laughs> you know, I want to just talk about it. It's just, I don't know. Uh, no patience, no patience whatsoever. So uh, we'll be getting to that. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and, and set the stage. Um, this was a story that came out over the weekend about the the need for. Well, let's just let's just put it this way: we are facing a very serious set of economic challenges. It's not just the debt ceiling, as I was talking about in the first segment. We've got some some real work to do here. Um, so let's go ahead and. And play that, and then I'll see you guys on the other side. 
Here's this old nursery rhyme. I'm sure everybody's heard it before. Titled Humpty Dumpty. I like to equate our current state of the economy to Humpty Dumpty himself. Yes, it is sitting on a great wall. And that great wall is uh, is made up of all the various things that, that keep us from collapsing under the weight of our tremendous $31 trillion national debt of particular interest, of course, is our our reliance on being the having the petrodollar. If that status ever changes, if our status as having the dollar as the world reserve currency ever changes, there's nothing that will hold back the collapse that will come. Now, I'm going to be reading from an article by Michael Snyder, and I know I get a lot of comments. Anytime we post articles by Michael Snyder, I hear about how he's a chicken little and how he's been saying there's going to be an economic collapse for so long. But here's the thing. Maybe in the past, I wouldn't have listened to him, but today I am. I'm listening to him very, very closely because he does his research. He knows what he's talking about, and he finds the stories and kind of puts them together in ways that you don't find very often in journalists. Like, he sees the big picture, and he says, okay, so that's relevant, this is relevant, this is relevant, this is relevant. He puts it together into a concise article every day usually, at least once a day. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. And they make sense. And unfortunately, yeah, they're scary. <laughs> but, you know, there's a difference between fear-mongering for the sake of trying to get people's attention and fear-mongering for the sake of, of telling lies. Michael Snyder is not trying to tell lies. He's trying to get people's attention. So you guys and all of us, not just you guys, everybody needs to listen. So according to this article, it's titled, We Are Witnessing an Enormous Wave of Bankruptcies and Layoffs During the Early Stages of 2023. Um, and you can find this over at the economic collapse blog.com. Of course, I'll be posting it over at discernreport.com, uh, America first report.com and various places. But in the article, is your job safe? Right now, we are witnessing so much turmoil, uh, in so many different sectors of our economy. The housing market is crashing. The cryptocurrency industry has imploded. The tech industry is laying off workers at an extremely frightening pace. And some of our most important retailers are heading into bankruptcy. The information that I'm about to share with you is deeply troubling. It has become exceedingly clear that our economy is in huge trouble, and I fully expect that our problems will accelerate even more as the year rolls along. <laughs> I told you. Doom and gloom, right? Except, like I said, he makes sense. Back to the article. Let me start by pointing out that uh, what is currently happening at Microsoft, it is one of the wealthiest companies in the entire world, but due to a shift in, quote, macroeconomic conditions, executives have decided it has become necessary to lay off 10,000 workers. If even Microsoft is laying off thousands of workers, is any job in the private sector truly safe? 
Meanwhile, some of the biggest names in the retail industry are plunging into bankruptcy now that the holiday season is over. On Tuesday, it was Party City's turn. Even more alarming is the fact that uh, it is being reported that bankruptcy filing for Bed Bath & Beyond has become likely. You know, they shouldn't have dropped. They, they just they shouldn't have dropped my pillow. That was their death now. They screwed up there big time, big time, huge. Back to the article. So many brick-and-mortar retailers are really struggling right now, and many of them are blaming competition for internet retailers such as Amazon, or from internet retailers such as Amazon. But if Amazon is doing so well, what did they start laying off? Approximately 18,000 workers on Wednesday. The wave of layoffs that we have been witnessing in the tech industry is truly unprecedented. Previous to this week, more than 25,000 tech industry workers had already been laid off this year. And guys, keep in mind, it's what, what the the third week? <laughs> okay, we're going into the fourth week of, of the year, and 25,000 have already been laid off. Not good. But at least the tech industry is in far better shape than the cryptocurrency industry is. Let me share four major announcements that all happened within the last 10 days. Now, before I get to those, I want to be clear. I do, I am still, I don't want to say bullish because it's not really the right word. I haven't given up on crypto, okay? I think that there is a future, but here's the key. Crypto is going to be the basis through which they're going to try to push the digital dollar upon us. They're going to, to use blockchain. They're going to use all these various technologies that were developed for the sake of cryptocurrency and use that to, you know, it's, it's almost as if that was the appetizer. That's, hey, you know, you guys get to try your food now. We're going to shove this entree onto you, which is digital dollars and and uh, various crypto, not crypto, uh, central bank digital currencies. And now these are going to be the new normal. And it's just the same as cryptocurrency, which you guys have already been using, except it's not. Of course, it's not even close. It's almost the exact opposite. Yes, it's based upon similar technology or will be. But here's the big difference. The whole idea of cryptocurrency is for decentralization. And of course, a central bank digital currency is going to be the exact opposite. It's going to be centralized. It's going to be controlled, not just by our government, not just by the central banks, but by the various public-private partnerships that are forming in the economic sector as we speak. These partnerships are forming behind closed doors. You get to hear about their partnerships after it's already done. This is why they're testing. There's there's 12 major, major companies testing the digital dollar right now. We're in the midst of it. Actually, they're coming to the conclusion, I believe, of their initial test, which started at the end of last year. That should concern you. So let's get back to cryptocurrency and Michael Snyder's article. Here's Again, these are four major announcements just in the last 10 days. I'm going to buzz right through these. Number one, it is being reported that Genesis Global Capital is laying the groundwork for a bankruptcy filing. Now, those who have watched my show before, you know that I work with GenesisPreciousMetals.com. That is not Genesis Global Capital. Genesis Global Capital is failing miserably because they're in in this whole cryptocurrency realm at the wrong time, wrong place, wrong time to be doing crypto. Whereas Genesis Precious Metals is obviously soaring because they're in in gold and silver, but I digress. Number two, Crypto.com announced that it will be laying off 20% of its workforce, one-fifth of its workforce. Speaking of one-fifth, so is Coinbase. They're going to be cutting about one-fifth of its workforce. And then number four, the founder and cryptocurrency exchange uh, Blitz Lotto has has actually been arrested. Uh, apparently, he was laundering money on a scale of epic proportions, and that doesn't even mention anything about FTX or Sam Bankman-Fried or, or any of that stuff. This is all just in the last 10 days. Cryptocurrency industry is in a state of flux. It's very reminiscent to the dot-com boom, and of course, we all know what happened 
to it in the late 90s, early 2000s, when everybody was excited, everybody thought this was the future, and it really was, but they miscalculated dramatically on what to put their money behind. And as a result, many, 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 many rich people became unrich very quickly. Back to the article. The cryptocurrency industry will never look the same again after all of this turmoil. On top of everything else, the Saudis appear to be poised. Now, pay attention. On top of everything else, the Saudis appear to be poised to make a major move that could literally change everything. At the yearly gathering of the World Economic Forum in Davos, the Saudi finance minister decided to drop a bombshell. And this is a quote quote from from Bloomberg, uh, another globalist, but hey. According to Bloomberg, Saudi Arabia is open to discussions about trade in currencies other than the U.S. dollar, according to the kingdom's finance minister. Remember what I said about the one of the biggest bricks in the wall that Humpty Dumpty, our economy, is currently sitting on, is that petrodollar brick. If that brick were to be eliminated, we will crash. The United States of I'm not just talking about our economy. I'm saying the United States of America will crash. The only reason that we have been able to sustain for so long when we had a $10 trillion debt, $20 trillion debt, $30 trillion debt, the only thing that keeps us alive is the fact that because everybody else is tied to us through the petrodollar, through the through the uh, the fact that the dollar is the world reserve currency, that makes it to where if we fall, everybody else falls. Okay, When you have people in, in uh, countries like Saudi Arabia, which is the, the cornerstone of our petrodollar dominance, when they start looking at alternatives, that bodes very, very, very ill. Let me finish the article, and then we'll we'll talk about it a bit. Needless to say, this could potentially completely undermine the dominance of the petrodollar. Of course, we cannot afford to have that happen, because the dominance of the dollar is one of the only things that's keeping our system afloat. At this point, just about everything is moving in the wrong direction for the U.S. economy, but most people still do not understand the bigger picture. A lot of the experts assume that we will just suffer through a temporary recession and then things will eventually return to normal. I wish that was true. Unfortunately, our our entire system is starting to crack and crumble all around us and those that are currently running things are not going to be able to put it back together again. (laughs) He didn't even make the Humpty Dumpty reference that I made. How is that? It's perfect. You, You couldn't have planned it out better yourself. So this is where I'm supposed to say, you know, do whatever you can to prepare yourself financially. But I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this. Number one, when you're listening to the experts, a lot of the experts, and I I just heard this uh, earlier today, heard one expert saying, uh, gosh, who was he with? Um, Bank of America saying it was going to be a mild recession. Okay. They're going back and forth, right? You got Wells Fargo saying one thing. You've got... <clears throat> um, JP Morgan chasing another thing. You've got the central banker saying something. You got the Fed saying something. They're all thrown out. Hey, it's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. Okay. And that's, that's common, of course, because, uh, you know, opinions about the economy can vary. But here's the thing. They're trying to keep us in a perpetual state of concern without panic. They don't want us panicking. They don't want us going out and, and having bank runs. They don't want us doing anything that might rock the economy even more. But they also don't want to, keep us thinking, oh, everything's going to be fine, because they don't want it to be fine. If we start thinking that everything's going to be fine, and truly in wholesale start thinking that, then the way that the economy works, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. They are pushing for these central bank digital currencies, and the way they do it is by keeping us terrified, but not terrified enough 
to go do something rash, to do something in, you know, that's going to actually crash the economy prematurely. They don't, they're not trying to stop the economy from crashing. They just want it done at the proper moment. This is why every single central bank in the world today is stocking up on two things, gold and silver. That's it. Okay. They're backing out of crypto. They're backing out of real estate, believe it or not. That was a shocker because I I actually predicted last year that they were going to accelerate real estate. I was wrong. But they are all buying up as much gold and silver as possible. And China, uh, China, Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, China, uh, has recently made their largest quarterly purchase of gold that they've ever made. Ever. What does it tell you? It tells me, at the very least, that we should be putting as much of our own assets as possible into gold and silver, precious metals. And folks, I'm about to talk about a sponsor, but if, if I didn't have a gold or silver sponsor, I would be saying the exact same thing right now. The writing is on the wall. You're either going to see it or you're not. You're either going to read it or you're not. You're either going to heed the advice or you're not. And to me, to a whole lot of people, I can assure you, whether you have a 401k, an old one, a an IRA, any of the various types of IRAs, if you have a savings account, all of these are vulnerable. And I would strongly encourage you to, number one, if you know, get physical precious metals, okay? Get physical precious metals, have them sent to your house, okay? Put them in your safe. Go get a safe. I just bought a safe, my first safe in my entire life. We just got one, okay? Not that I have a lot of gold or silver, but we will. We're, we're working towards it because I am concerned. I am personally concerned. If you have those retirement accounts, savings accounts, whatever, consider, you know, talk to some experts and consider moving it to a self-directed IRA where you will have access to that. If you need to, to withdraw, you know, funds, you, you want the, you want, you need some, some of your gold or silver sh physically shipped to your house out of your IRA account, you will be able to do that through a self-directed IRA. And the, the people that you can talk to for this, you can find them at JD Rucker dot com slash ira i found a small a mid-sized and a large company these are america first companies you need to talk to one two or all three of them i don't care but talk to somebody about this today because it is getting crazy jdrucker.com slash ira There's a reason Klaus Schwab, Joe Biden, and the globalist elites want your life savings locked in IRAs and other portfolio management schemes that they control. They can keep your money tied up in woke ESG funds, even if doing so will lose you money. Patriots are quickly moving their investments to self-directed IRAs backed by physical precious metals. Unfortunately, most companies that work in this field are beholden to Democrats the Chinese Communist Party, the WEF, and others who are pushing us toward a digital dollar. I have identified three precious metals companies that believe in America first. These companies make it easy for you to move your retirements and investment to a self-directed IRA backed by physical precious metals. Go to jdrucker.com slash gold. That's jdrucker.com slash gold.
So I need you guys to tell me what you think about that. We, we do want to do that going forward. Again, the idea is this. So, uh, news pops up in my feed. I want to go ahead and do some commentary about it. I don't want to just wait until the next, the next live show. So I'm just going to record it right there and then and then play it during the next available live show. Yeah, or sometimes maybe I'll play it a day later if it's not pressing. Sometimes I'll see stories that are important and I want to talk about them. And I want to talk about them right now. And so we'll, we'll get the story up. Maybe I'll do write up a quick story and then, then do some commentary about it and uh, get it out there. But the thing is that because it's not being broadcast during the live show, we lose, uh, gosh, 90% of the audience. So if I don't do it this way, then, for example, the that discussion that I just had regarding you know, all these companies going bankrupt and laying people off and the petrodollar and all that stuff, that discussion will be lost to the vast majority of you. So we want to continue to do this. And this enables me to, again, be able to, to be on the news all day. You know, any waking moment I see news, I can just just pounce on it, get the the, uh, the segment recorded, and I'm not obligated to to you know try to cram everything into a show. Because what I found is a lot of times I won't be able to get to everything. If you if you're new to the show, you might you might be learning that I can talk a lot. Okay, two hours for one show, four hours in a day. That's nothing for me. I could talk about one subject for eight hours. Uh, if, 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 if I wanted to, but apparently that's probably not a good idea since I don't think anybody would tune in to me talking about any subject for, for eight hours. You get the idea. Let me know what you think. If it's just too annoying to, to throw in a recording of me talking about something, then so be it. You know, I can do it all live. We'll do it live. Like Bill O'Reilly said. Uh, but if, if you're okay with that, or if you like it, you know, getting these, these flash commentaries, as I like to call them then we will keep doing them. Let's try another one. Again, it fits in perfectly with today's discussion about boldness and patriotism, boldness and conservatism, boldness and faith. This one pertains to, well, the, the Pope. So I know, and this is not an attack, my, my disclaimer up front, this is not an attack against members of the Catholic Church. I don't attack people based upon their religion. I do want everybody to to follow my religion of course but i'm not going to I'm not going to to press other than to hopefully show by example why people should be reading their bible from front to back why they should embrace jesus christ as their lord and savior this is not an attack against catholics but it is definitely an attack against the quote unquote leader of the catholic church pope francis so let's go ahead and play that flash commentary There's a very, very detailed article about Pope Francis over at LibertySentinel.org, one of my favorite sites run by Alex Newman, a um, super, super sharp, wicked smart dude. Uh, but this article actually wasn't written by him. It was written by by Frank de Verona, who is, who's been there and done that. <laughs> Pretty much everything. The guy's met five presidents. He invaded invaded cuba when he was 17 he's he's just done a whole lot of stuff but he's he's going after the pope in this one article is titled pope francis is a marxist and a globalist of the new world order now <laughs> chances are if you're in my audience you fall into one of two camps either you're very well aware of this it's nothing new to you or you're like dang it don't ever say anything bad about pope francis or you know you anti-catholic look i'm not anti-catholic okay I am definitely, definitely anti-Pope Francis. I think the guy is a Marxist. He is definitely a globalist. 
his teachings are seven out of ten are are, are anti <clears throat> pardon me anti biblical. So I'm I'm not gonna if you support him I'm not going to hold that against you if you're a Catholic because I understand that it can be challenging for for people to overcome their their biases especially when it comes to to faith we don't want our leaders especially somebody like Pope Francis who according to the Catholic faith faith is essentially chosen by God to lead the church you don't want to to think that oh this guy is is part of the new world order except he is he is definitely a globalist now the article that i'm going to refer to is huge i would i could read it for an hour i don't think i would get through it as slow as i read but uh but it's a long one i want to go straight to though straight to the the conclusions here and this is the important part um this part's actually relatively short according to and again the article's title pope francis is a marxist and a globalist of the new world order by frank de verona over at uh, LibertySentinel.org. The Pontus' attacks on those who worship the, quote, God of money or the idolatry of money shows the Pope's ignorance about free markets, having lived his entire life in Argentina, a country that has never implemented capitalism properly. The savage capitalist system, as he calls it, or an econ- economy that kills and uh, idolatry of money that the Pope constantly condemns is the only solution to end poverty and hunger in the world. Capitalism, when properly implemented, has brought millions of people out of poverty. Socialism and communism that the Pope supports not only have brought the killing of millions, but also hunger, misery, and increased poverty. There are an increasing number of critics in Wall Street, the Tea Party, conservative media, and religious figures who have slammed Pope Francis as a poorly camouflaged Marxist. There are many disaffected U.S. bishops priests and parishioners who complain that the Pope has not given them enough support against the Biden regime over infanticide, abortion, gender ideology, and gay marriage. Many Catholics in the United States and around the world are not aware that the Vatican has been infiltrated by communists. However, despite the cover-up by many cardinals, bishops, and priests in the United States and other countries of the world, the truth will eventually come to light. Pope Francis is undermining the Catholic doctrine and will create a split in the Catholic Church among among the anti-communist favoring free market economics. We should all pray to God that the communists are expelled from the Holy See. Pope Paul VI once said, and this is a quote, the smoke of Satan has entered through some crack in the temple of God. We need to pray to God that the devil's smoke of Marxism is forever expelled from the Holy See. And obviously, that would be a good thing. The reason that I and you know generally speaking I don't I don't talk I talk about my faith of course as a as an evangelical Christian a bible believing Christian but I don't usually talk about Catholics or Mormons or Muslims or Hindus I don't talk about their faith in particular but Pope Francis is beyond just a religious leader he is one of the most powerful men in the world his influence stretches far beyond just his visitations or his prayers or his condemnation of of things that are right or his embracing of things that are wrong. He's not just a spiritual leader. He also, as Pope, as leader of the Vatican Church, he has influence through extremely, extremely massive financial uh, systems, not to mention the the things we don't even know about. I, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Is it pertains to the Catholic Church and the Pope and all this other stuff. There's also 
those who engage in biblical conspiracy theories about how the church, the Catholic Church might, or not the Catholic Church per se, I'm not talking about the Catholics, I'm talking about <clears throat> the Vatican in general, may be alluded to in negative ways in Bible prophecy. I'm not going to comment on that, but it is important, especially as we we get go through Davos week, okay, we go through the World Economic Forum and the the um, gathering of bond villains in in Davos, it's it's important to know that they are accelerating their plans. And amongst their plans are is the use of uh, the Catholic Church through Pope Francis to advance their neo-Marxist goals, to establish the Great Reset, to push forward the Fourth Industrial Revolution, to make sure that you own nothing. And you won't be happy, but they'll still pretend like you're, you're, they're happy about you not owning anything. They're going to own it all. <laughs> when you have a pope like Pope Francis, and there's, there's, I keep in mind, there's a difference between because I do agree that the love of money is the root of all evils. That's what the Bible tells us. But when he talks about, you know, basically capitalism being evil, capitalism in its purest form is not evil. Okay, capitalism when practiced properly is not. Evil. It is not designed to to engage people for deeper or further into the love of money. What capitalism can and should do is allow people the ability to take their God given talents, their God given resources, and use those to advance their lives. And we should all, if you're a Bible believing Christian, you should look at at this as you know, capitalism enables us, gives us the opportunity in many ways to be able to spread the gospel. For example, you'll notice. That in Marxist, socialist, communist countries, their ability, the ability of the people and the churches to spread the gospel is greatly curtailed, often eliminated, and can get people into big trouble, including getting them jailed or even killed. So no, I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, you know, he's just the spiritual leader. He's, he's, not, he's not influential. No, he is. Is he part of the New World Order? The liberal world order, this this cabal, the powers and principalities? I would say yes. I would say that he almost certainly is. And if they are able to succeed, I would always recommend. <laughs> Make sure you go to jdrucker.com slash prepare and get ready just in case they their plans do advance much further. So got coffee on my shirt while I was watching that. So that's how it is. That's how hopefully it'll work going forward. I do these flash commentaries. I don't know. I might do zero, one, two, three, five, ten. I don't know. I, but again, the idea here is that I want to be able to react to the news as it happens. When I see a story, it's amazing. It's fresh in my mind. I don't want to just throw it in my show notes and read about it tomorrow or talk about it tomorrow. I want to talk about it right there and then. And if that means recording it and then putting it onto the live show, so be it. We'll see. I, again, I think that. I'm pretty dead set. I do want your feedback. You can give me that at jdrucker.com slash talk. But I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm going to be doing this because it does feel liberating. I will admit, I love being able to stay on the news and react to it in real time, even if I'm not not playing it in real time on the show. If I could do a show 24-7, I really would. I'm not kidding. I really would. I would love to do that. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll be able to get not my show, but other shows up. We are still working on discern.tv. 
trying to get it launched next month. So so be aware of that. You can always help out by going to givesendgo.com slash JD Rucker and help out there. Of course, we are switching, moving to two shows a day. This one um, this broadcasts live at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Then we do one at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That show will be different. It's not going to be the same, a repeat of the same show. We're actually going to do a separate show. And this will this is all in line to help get more content out over at America Out Loud Talk Radio as well. So you can go to America Out Loud and listen to me there at 8 p.m. Pacific time for two hours. I'm very blessed by Malcolm to have a two-hour show over there. So Again, we're doing four hours of the shows a day. Should be exciting. Very excited about Red Voice Media. Very excited about all of the things we're doing. Freedom First Network, the rising in Rumble, rising in Brighteon and BitChute, and of course, Apple Podcasts. I'm so blessed to have you guys here joining me. And, um, and we're going to just keep pushing the show forward because we have a country to save, and this is the best I can do. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe. And God bless.